0: Hey everybody, it's Tony Giuliano, your host of the No Code Podcast. Welcome to season two. We kicked it off today with Michael Bray, an entrepreneur from Southern New Jersey. He's the owner and operator of Passion Vines. He has two locations, one in Summers Point, New Jersey, the other one in Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. Michael is an all-around great guy, really active in the community, supports a lot of charitable causes, and has built a truly great business over the years. I had a great time talking to him today, And I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We are back. Season two, episode one of the No Code Podcast with one of my favorite humans on the planet, Mr. Michael Bray, one of the entrepreneurial kings. Of Southern New Jersey, Michael.
1: How are you today? Uh, I don't know that I deserve that introduction, but I'm doing great. Thank you, Tony.
0: Wouldn't it be nice to have like a, a hype person that just <laughs> followed you around and introduced you into places as you walked in?
1: Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for that little recording there for sure.
0: <laughs> Happy to provide it. No problem. Be my
1: ringtone. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you
0: that little snippet there. But uh, Michael, I really appreciate you uh, jumping on today on this Friday afternoon. Uh, I'm sure you're busy. I know you're bouncing around all the time with uh, with Passion Vines and all the other community efforts and things that you do in your life. So uh, much appreciated. That's my pleasure, man. Absolutely. Awesome. So Michael, um, you are the founder and director of operations for Passion Vines, which is uh, my favorite wine store uh two locations one in summers point one in egg harbor township and uh you've been crushing it at this for the last uh i think we're coming up on 13 years correct that's exactly right yep wow that's great so you know today i just wanted to chat with you on you know your path um you know through your career um you know how you decided you wanted to become an entrepreneur talk about some of the uh charitable things you do um which i'm familiar with at least one of um the Right Notes annual MS benefit that you throw, mm-hmm. um, which is a great event, a wonderful cause, and a fantastic party. Ah, thank you, brother. I mean, you know, I certainly missed it this past year. Um, what did you do, by the way? Did you guys do anything virtual? or no, unfortunately, I don't know no. How you handled
1: it? It, it okay. was an incredibly challenging decision to make, and uh, in the end, we just felt like we just couldn't do it right, and um, and so we decided to pause this year and then we will absolutely look forward to crushing it next year or which is now this year so yeah
0: exactly i know it still feels like kind of like sort of uh we're in the 2020 hangover we're just trying to shake the cobwebs out that's exactly right
1: i feel like january gives you that sort of permission to sort of like get that uh you know in check you know what i mean and once you still reference last year then then you got problems Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Then, then
0: you just can't move on. You, you got other things you got to address. But um, actually, and and I should apologize to you. Uh, I'm in the midst of dry January, so there's no uh, oh. there's no passion vines purchases oh. for me this month. Yeah,
1: understood. Well, you're not alone, brother. I too uh, like a little cleanse in January, and I highly recommend it. It's uh, it's always good to keep the mind in check.
0: Yeah, I've never done this before. I just uh, and I didn't really think it through in advance. I just kind of. I guess a day or two after so I didn't actually officially start till Sunday the third, um, okay. but I was sitting around. I'm like, you know what? I don't know if it's the whole pandemic thing where you start kind of reaching for that glass of wine a, a little earlier than you usually do each day. And yep. then you realize you're, you're doing it almost every day. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to see what happens if I, if I clean it up for a month, you know, Yep.
1: good, to, good choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, February 1st rolls around. I'll swing down there and pick up a a couple cases. I'm your man.
1: (laughs) We'll get you right back on that horse. No problem.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so before we go into the passion vines story, I just wanted to note, uh, you know, a few things about you and, you know, some of your accomplishments, I I've known you a long time, but some of the stuff I didn't really even know just because it's, you know, it's, it's not in your face on a regular basis. You just don't really think about it. But, you know, you're uh, a two-time top 40 under 40 winner, one for Atlantic City Weekly, one for Philadelphia Business Journal. Um, you've had a couple awards and, and honors um, for Passion Vines in their uh, philanthropic um, uh, efforts, uh, Corporate Giving Award, Philadelphia Business Journal 2015. You know, a lot here that has to do with the with the charitable nonprofit space. Um, you know, what is it? what is it about that that really motivates you to get involved? Because you certainly are involved in a lot of different things.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, to me, I always start from the dinner table. And uh, I was incredibly grateful to grow up at a dinner table where business was the topic of conversation. And within business, you know, it was sort of a philosophy and a belief that every business has the humanistic responsibility to give back. And not only uh, to give back to Um, you know, the community, but also the team to which uh, sustains the business. Um, But and and that so it really starts from that premise, right? I mean, we business is a gift and and sort of uh, the people in it and the talents that reside um, are a great channel and a conduit to sort of express that. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, uh, as I have learned firsthand and thankfully to, to a mom and a dad who really preach this, you know, the secret to living is giving and And, you know, I have reflected on my experience and and have realized that the, the best times of my career are those times when we're in position to actually contribute, contribute beyond personal gain. And so, you know, um, yeah, so a little bit, uh, to, to the reason why we give and, but ultimately that's where it comes from. And, um, you know, um, it's almost to me, it's, it's like a drug in many respects because uh, when I do it, I feel great. And so, uh, you know, follow the pattern, right? Just keep doing it and, um, and good things will happen.
0: Yeah. I I couldn't agree with you more. It's always great to see, um, you know, good corporate citizens out there. It's so important. You know, you look at everything going on in the world today and certainly there's, there's a lot of ugliness and there's a lot of division and there's a lot of social unrest and all sorts of issues, but You know, I think through the pandemic and through a lot of that in the last couple months, especially, you know, you see a lot of corporations stepping up to run with the ball when maybe, quite frankly, a lot of times our government falls short in in those areas, you know, but you see a lot of big companies and small companies alike that go out there and say, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to try to help solve these problems because it's the right thing to do, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And then if it benefits you know, your business or other businesses from there, that's not a bad thing either. You know, that, that can be a very, it can be very, you know, a compounding positive
1: effect. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've ha- been happy at JLL to be involved with a few of the things that that you've gotten involved with too, and especially the MS uh, benefits. So as soon as that comes back, I can guarantee a sponsorship. I guarantee I'll be there. Nice. And You know, uh, the last couple have been interesting. I'll tell you that. Um, (laughs) the last couple I attended. So the one in, uh, I guess so. Yeah. I guess the one in 2018, uh, me and, uh, Matt blank, who I I know you're familiar with, Mm -hmm. um, at Friedman LLP, they sponsored Matt's a great friend of mine. Um, and my other buddy, Ryan room, who also runs property management for JLL Philadelphia. Um, we came down, uh, for that day uh we came down early in the day we actually wound up going over to um Ocean Casino uh during the day and we we didn't really plan that it was just kind of on a whim and we drove over there and next thing you know we're at the blackjack table and having a couple drinks and having some fun and then and then we head over to your event at Great Bay Country Club and uh, we were not shy about sampling the product Love it. um and then and then actually, if you remember, the Eagles played that night. Yeah. Um, it was a yeah. Thursday night game. Yeah. And then we wound up at the Anchorage afterwards. Um, and uh, none of us, none of us hopped up too quickly out of bed
1: the next morning. <laughs> I do recall that. I remember uh, when we realized that the Eagles were playing that night, of course, we felt like we we made a mistake and maybe planned incorrectly. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that uh, you still got to see some of that game.
0: yeah yeah i mean it it, you know obviously it was on at that that kind of back bar there so you know we crept in there for a little bit and then when it was time to wrap up uh at the event we headed over to the anchorage and uh anchorage never disappoints you know so uh no that was a great night and then last year so last year uh me and jamie were supposed to come down and we were going to stay over uh jamie's mother lives um right off of great bay country club actually about the the 14th hole and um so that's kind of our place to to crash down the shore these days, and she wasn't feeling good, or for some reason didn't want to go down. So you know, I was like, "Well, JLL sponsored, and I want to I want to see Michael, so I'm 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 going to drive down and drove down, kind of took it easy, just hung out a little bit, wasn't going to stay that long, and was going to drive back up here to Medford, um, you know, the hour drive from there. And then on the way out, I bumped into Katie Calvey, mm. Um uh, my good friend from high school graduated yep. mainland class of 2000. Bumped into Jamie Frazier, somebody I've known since I was in, I think, fourth grade. Um, you know, so I was literally walking out <laughs> and they just pulled me back in. They're like, No, <laughs> you're not leaving. <laughs> not so and, Uh, yeah, Jamie was, uh, Jamie was pregnant at the time. So she was not, uh, partying hard, but, but Katie was having a good night out and, uh, then we wound up at Josie Kelly's afterwards on that one. I do recall. I, yeah, yeah, that's right. You stopped in
1: after I, I, that. Yep, yeah. Absolutely,
0: I remember. Yeah, and, and there was no, there was no drive home. That was a crash in in Summers Point.
1: So Yep, yep. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, such a such a fun night and such a great cause. I really look forward. Um, now I assume it's going to be back on this year. You know, as long as we can get through this and you know, t- turn for the better in the next couple of months here and keep going on a good path. Yeah,
1: no, it, it will be. And we, we can't wait. Uh, it will again be in October. Uh, we will send out a save the date uh, in the near future. Uh, it will continue to be at Great Bay Country Club. And um, if I might say, too, I mean, the reason why it's so special to, to have it in uh, Summers Point at Great Bay is because Mark Benevento, the owner, uh, his father uh, lived uh, with MS uh, for quite okay. some time. Uh, he unfortunately lost that battle um, in his life about, I'm going to say, roughly two years ago now but just an incredible human being, uh, incredible spirit. And, and because of that, Mark is a dear friend. And, and so, you know, back to sort of like the idea of giving, right, which is one of your first questions. And, you know, it's, there's nothing better than yes to give, but also to align with those within the community that share that same sort of, uh, you know, belief, but also experience. And so uh, it's been great to, um, you know, to align with Mark and his organization because he's passionate about it, and uh, and then of course we have a board and a committee, uh, many of which are living with MS. So um, you know, when you align a group of people that all share that same common denominator, I mean, gosh, anything's possible. And so, uh, to that end, you know, we've been able to raise a half a million dollars over eight years. That's unbelievable. That, that's such a, you know, fantastic uh,
0: group of people fighting for a great cause and. You know, I, I can definitely attest to the fact that those last couple of events, I'm sure a lot of money was raised. I mean, there were so many people there and it was just, you know, a, a great atmosphere with a lot of positive energy. So that, that, that's a great thing. Yeah. Um, and, and your mother lives with MS as well, correct?
1: She, yeah, exactly. So, you know, my why, you know, why MS? It's, it's because my mom was diagnosed in 1990 uh, and she has lived with the disease since. Uh, she is wheelchair bound now. Uh, but fighting the good fight and uh, lives with uh, a grace that, uh, as I often say, is unmatched. Um, so she's a great resource for others uh, newly diagnosed or, or living with MS. And and so she, you know, finds her own ways to give back. But yeah, she's the inspiration and, and just an incredible soul. And uh, Ultimately, she's the one responsible for all this giving. So that's yeah.
0: great. That's a yeah. wonderful thing. I had the pleasure of meeting her uh, the last one you did in 2019. So... Uh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. She's a great lady. So jumping back a little bit into your career, you know, you've gone uh, the entrepreneurial route your entire career, really. I, I mean, just about. Um, what uh, what kind of led up to that and, and what inspired you to make that jump um, in, into that, you know, kind of going at your own, which is a scary thing for a lot of people. I mean, there are a lot of people that talk about it. They talk about doing it, but they never pull the trigger because they can't sort of leave that safety of maybe a corporate environment or just some other, you know, more comfortable thing where they feel like they have a steady paycheck every couple of weeks and and they don't have to sweat it out too much. What kind of drove you to take the risk and make the leap?
1: Yeah. Uh, Great question. So I I feel like you know, to again reference the dinner table, right? I mean, I I was fortunate enough to grow up in a household with a mom and a dad um, who lived who lived it. I mean, my dad was an entrepreneur. He started his own business uh, for many listening in South Jersey. Um, you know, it's it's braces, right? B r a y c e s, and uh, and so he um, you know has has changed a lot of lives and a lot of smiles, uh, probably over a million here in South Jersey. And, um, and so that's the table I grew up at. He knew what he wanted to do when he was, I'm going to say roughly 10, 11 years old when he went to his orthodontist. So that's sort of like, you know, I grew up with two things. Number one, you know, be your own boss. And number two, you know, figure out what you want to do early. Well, I, I hung on to one of those, <laughs> it, it, the idea yeah. of, you know, I will say like this idea of like figuring it out. I mean, I, I put way too much pressure on myself. It wasn't necessarily his pressure, but it was my pressure. Um, and I realized that was just undue and unfair. Um, so, but what I did realize is that just the joy, um, and the gift that business is right. And, um, and so eventually, um, when I graduated, I, I did go to work for another group of entrepreneurs. Um, and that is again, Mark Benevento, who I referenced at Great Bay Country. Club. Right. Um, Great I went to work with him. Yep. And, you know, Mark is one of these, you know, I'm honored to be called an entrepreneur. Uh, however, um, I will say that I, I do believe entrepreneurships like it's a scale. and you know somebody like Mark, I would re- reference as, as more of like a, a, a serial entrepreneur uh, way more than I am. I do believe I, I like to take risk and I like to do my own thing and create. However, when I do run up against you know serial entrepreneurs, you you just realize just what a talent and archetype it is. Um, And again, no right or wrong, right? It's just who you are. And I think for me, I did realize early on that it was important for me to like, you know, I just wanted to express myself within the business realm. And so um, I went from working with Mark um, and had the time to, you know, Mark is uh, good buddies and and, um, partners with Pat Croce. So I was able to um, experience uh, his style and, and his businesses and so forth. And that was an incredible opportunity and pat continues to be a dear friend today and mentor and so you know so from growing up at the dinner table uh to then being um and meeting uh mark and pat and and just being around relationships uh that constantly sort of live that life and that expression it just it just felt like the right thing to do so um when the opportunity became available um to purchase what was point pub liquors um at the time um it was go. It was a go time, and for me, it, it wasn't so much the idea that it was wine, spirits, or beer. I mean, whatsoever. Uh, it was the idea um, of just taking something from point A and making it better. You know, there's there's a right. Japanese there's a Japanese phrase that we often recite in our training materials, and it's, it's the word is kaizen, K A I Z E N. There is no uh, word in our language. And so I often I love Japanese language because they just get it and they simplify things. Um, right. ka- Kaizen translates to incremental improvement. And so what I knew was is that, you know, I knew nothing about the industry, but I just knew how to make things better. Right. And so that's what we did. Uh, it could have been anything. It could have been, you know, as I often say, it could have been uh, books. It could have been surfboards. It could have been anything, any product. Uh, I just wanted to be able to get in there, create a culture to then make a difference and impact the community. And that's what we did since, uh, I guess now uh, you referenced 13 years. I think it was like 2004 uh, when we started. So, yeah, that's,
0: uh, that's an incredible journey. And that, that, you know, that notion of continuous improvement or Kaizen is, is something I've, I've heard the term before familiar with it, but it's, it's really a great way to live your life in general. Mm. I mean, if you can, get a little bit better every day, you know, learn something and, and, and apply it to your, your next day. I mean, that's, you know, you're, you're going to find yourself pretty successful if you keep that in mind, um, you know, and, and, and keep pushing forward and, you know, learn from your mistakes, but don't dwell on them. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's what my dad used to teach me out on the baseball field. You know, you make an error, you make a mistake, you strike out, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, you're naturally going to get upset about it. Nobody likes to do those things, but he'd always tell me, "Next play, next play." Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's, uh, I think that's critical. Whether you know school, sports, business, whatever it is, you know, if you're giving maximum effort, you're learning from your mistakes, and you're putting putting those behind you quickly, you know, you can have a lot of success with that mentality. Mm. Isn't that the truth? Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think it was. Uh, I think it was Don Shula's rule. I don't remember reading something at some point uh, you know, Don Shula had a rule 24 hours, you know, win or lose, right. Um, you know, uh, ride it, learn from it, but ultimately, right. We wake up tomorrow and, and it's, it's the next game. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, it's so true. Uh, we tend to, uh, you know, dig a hole sometimes in our mistakes and, and sort of dwell there, but the reality is it's, um, yeah, right. It's, it's at bats. And so what can you learn, move on and apply it to the next experience? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I
0: think that's a great approach. Um, so look, along the way, I got to think that there this wasn't necessarily straight, you know, linear path of growing the business and being super successful along the way. So I'm curious to hear, you know, as an entrepreneur, anything you ran into along the way that hits you hard in terms of, you know, adversity or or struggle or unanticipated um external forces that you can't control i don't know maybe like a pandemic Um, right right That could be one thing you know but (laughs) you know along along the journey of of you know whatever 15 years ish it's been um i'm sure there's stuff that's happened where you had to take a step back and rethink things and adjust and and come up with a new path forward um uh, so i'm curious to hear about any of that that may have happened
1: yeah there's there's yeah there's a few highlights um so early on, uh, you know, we took what was uh, a rather sort of uh, lackluster experience and began to, as I often say, year, year one and two, it was just friendliness and cleanliness. I didn't know anything about the product, but we just began, I knew how to smile, I knew how to welcome guests from a hospitality standpoint, and I certainly knew how to clean. And so you know, that's what we did. And, and early on, I realized just how resistant some customers were to us even just cleaning up the environment. Um, Really? So, yeah. And so it definitely made me question, um, you know, like, right. Like what, like, what is this? Is this, you know, uh, is it because, is it me? Is it, do they like the old store? Is it, or maybe they just don't like change. Right. And I, in the end, that's what it was, um, at least in my perspective. And so uh, it just, it took a lot of deep listening and just, uh, and, and also letting them know, I think when we first went in there, you know, and and gangbusters, young and and, and certainly dumb, but just like aggressive. Um, you know, we. I think the perception was that we were maybe better than what what existed before, right? right. And so and and people began again. They gave us a little attitude, but I think once they got to know us and realized that, yeah, we just you know we're we're nice people, but we just want to work in a in a very clean and and good atmosphere. They, they began to let down their guard, and so. But yeah, that was definitely an early like little, you know, punch to the face. Like, like, whoa, like, like um, all I'm doing is trying to give you a better experience. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not not changing the prices. Uh, Quite frankly, I'm not even changing the product. I'm only bringing a new product, but I'm not getting rid of your product. And so anyway, that was that was the first thing. Um,
0: Yeah, just just to jump in real quick. um, It's so interesting with bars and restaurants when when you see that ownership change and a new approach. Mm. It is really, it's a sensitive thing for customers, oh, okay. even if you're improving it, because it's like, Hey, wait a second. You know, a lot of the regular customers are going to be creatures of habit that come there and they like it. I mean, if they're, if they're frequenting the place, they like it and chances yeah. are they like mostly everything about it, whether it's the lighting, the decor, the product, the, the servers and bartenders, like they they just want to be there and they don't necessarily want to see it change. Right. Um, And that is, you know, that's an interesting, uh, I feel like that's, that's pretty, um, common with bars and probably not a whole lot else, you know, um, there was another bar. I remember that turned over on, on new road and in summer's point I'll I'll keep the name out of it, but, Mm -hmm. but it was sort of, uh, I guess you could call it a dive, uh, previously and new ownership came in and I think one of their struggles was, you know, the customer base that was there before it was uh you know it was kind of a rough crowd mm-hmm. and but yet they were they were regular customers and and you know I'm sure you, if some of them got unruly you could throw them out and you know and, and deal with it that way and you know like anything else 90% of them were good people they just might have been you know a little rough around the edges whatever it was but but when the new ownership came in it they I don't think they could get past that you know they wanted to grow the business. They wanted to make the existing customers happy and I'm sure bring in new ones. And I think that was just too steep a hill to climb for that group. Mm-hmm. And that's something like, you know, when you're going into a new venture, I guess that's something you should you should vet out, especially in the, the restaurant and bar business.
1: Oh, it's So true. And you're right. Yeah. You know, the, the word you use, fragile. I mean, it is such a fragile and delicate process. Um, and that's and yes, that's I experienced that firsthand. And and so I think of I think what saves the day there is, is being there, you know? Right, so, right. so to those entrepreneurs who are involved in taking over a business from afar, you know, who were throwing in cash, maybe calling the shots from afar, but not being there. Like, I think that's a mistake. And so I think, you know, it's, um, yeah, cause you, you have to be able to act in real time. You have to be able to look somebody in the eye. They have to be able to feel that you're sincere and not trying to just throw money at a problem, and/or thinking that your ideas are better than than their needs. Um, So yeah, so true.
0: Yeah, in the hospitality business, I mean it's a it's a two way street of 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 trust too mm. between the the owner slash manager and and the customers. Like, yes, you're selling them a product; they're purchasing it. It's transactional in that way. But you know, a lot of times, people that that, that go to bars, I mean, it's almost like it can be like a therapy appointment for them. Oh, you know, is it right? They're, yeah, their jobs, been a long day at the office or, you know, their husband or wife is giving them a hard time at home yeah. or some other issue and and they go to the bar and it's, you know, it's it's like a Cheers episode. I mean, that's what it is. It's like a it can be like a second family or or yeah. or a group of close friends. So you have to be delicate and uh and and treat that with care. I'm mm-hmm.
1: sure. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, what is it? I think it's Howard Schultz right of Starbucks who calls it the third place, right? I mean, that's what he did right. brilliantly uh, with every Starbucks, but you're right. I mean, every bar is the third place I and mean, we've got our home, yep. we, got the, we got the office and then we got the bar or, or the, or the, um, you know, our, our local Starbucks, but, uh, yeah, it's it, yes, very delicate.
0: Yep. Yep. So that was one issue. You were, you were about to mention a second yeah, one before exactly. so I, before the I other thing,
1: there. so that was years one and two. Then by the time we got to 2008 and we started to make an impact in the community, at that time, also, we hired our first manager who was very talented within the wine world. And ultimately, that's what raised my interest and, and created a passion within me for this beverage. And um, I loved everything about it. I loved the history, the geography. Um, and it just became so much more than just wine. I mean, especially when you get to meet the people behind the label. Um, and so during that time, he, uh, as the coach, um, really brought our team to a whole nother level. and. We were in the community pouring wine at events and at our bar in Summers Point, um, you know, where we do a lot of weekly events. And people just didn't make the connection. They still were thinking of Point Pub as a restaurant. That it was. Uh, they were. They just. They just couldn't connect the dots. And so here we are pouring Burgundy, you know, in Summers Point, um, and our name is Point Pub, and you know, we sound more like a restaurant than we do a wine store. And so the decision was made, let's rebrand. And, and naturally, again, giving my love to create, I, I definitely consider myself more of the archetype of artist, even more so than, than entrepreneur sometimes. Um, and so we went to the drawing board and basically, you know, threw a bunch of names up and, and uh, lived that experience for a couple of weeks. In the end, we launched Passion Vines. And we created the logo, worked through that exercise. And the email we sent out launching the brand I forget exactly the um, the time it was, but we launch, and within what I do know is within 48 hours, I got a phone call from someone within our community who summers here, who is um, the editor of a national publication. So here, here, you know, I have a marketing mogul right calling me, right. and the first words out of his mouth are this. I got your email of your rebranding quote. That was a big mistake. (laughs) Why don't you
0: just uh, tell me what you really think?
1: And I almost, I mean, I gotta tell you, I I shed a tear. I mean, it was, you know, you know, and you know what it's like. You pour everything into something and, and here, and again, I looked at him like a God, you know, um, and that's what he said. And, wow. I'm, and I'm like, holy, right. I mean, where do I, where, where <laughs> you can do say I, it? Holy shit. shit. Yeah. Okay, good. I wasn't sure. <laughs> holy shit. Like, okay. Yeah. So I hung up the phone and uh, took a deep breath and, um, you know, and I lived with that for days, if not weeks and maybe even a month. I mean, I don't know. I mean, definitely. I mean, it was not the, uh, the 24 hour rule we, we talked about earlier and, um, I drove myself crazy over it. And, um, so in the end. Yeah, another punch to the face. And um but you know what? It's it's a great lesson. And again, you'd be a fool not to listen to what others think of your idea, but you'd be a bigger fool to let that be the decision behind right, your your yeah. decision. And so um
0: And what what was the complaint? It just he just didn't like the name and or the logo or both yeah, or just,
1: you know, basically fit, right? Maybe looking at our area, you know. Yeah. Um you know, yeah. Uh, maybe it was the colors. I mean, he, did, he wasn't, it, it, you know, I didn't even have the balls to ask. I mean, I, I didn't, <laughs> you know, like, I'm just like, I, I didn't even want to tell yeah. anymore. I mean, I was, all I want to do was hang up the phone. I mean, he, oh you know, So uh, at any rate,
0: Which, yeah, that's I, funny. I, you, you know, that's funny. Cause I've always not just to, to, placate, I've always loved the name and the logo. Like I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think it, I think it's like, it perfectly explains that, Hey, we sell wine. We know about wine. And and I've I think the logo looks great. Actually, I think it's I mean it, it's green and purple, right? Yep. Um yep. yeah, and that's uh well, maybe that's cuz that's the Juliana wedding colors. <laughs> yeah. Green and purple. Maybe that's why I like it. But yeah. uh no, I've I've always liked it. And I actually think it's perfect. I mean, I I think it's a fantastic name and brand and everything. So it's just it goes to show you though sometimes in, in that realm, especially when it comes to You know, the creative component of business, just some people can just, the opinions are just going to range in Uh, in a a wide way. You know, I'm sure you got some emails that people said, oh, this is fantastic. I love it. Then you got one jackass that's like, this is a terrible mistake. And I know this to be (laughs) fair.
1: I mean, my career was done for, yeah, for a good bit. But uh, anyway, but I will say this. And so I, he continued to buy from us. Yeah. And over time, we won him over. And it got mm-hmm. to a point where he actually corrected himself. And That's great. he said to me, I doubted you in the beginning. Um, but basically, you, know, you, you, you turned out all right. You know, that, <laughs> it, was, it was it was a victory. And, and that wasn't until maybe, I'm going to say like 10 years after that. So, wow. uh, yeah, it took a while. And Anyway, so, you know, listen, it's, um, you know. It's all You're part- never
0: gonna make everybody happy. No, it's, just, it's not gonna happen. No, no. But uh, so when did um when did the Egg Harbor Township store open?
1: Yeah. So that when was, was the that. Next, that was the next punch in the face. Yeah. So yeah, perfect segue. <laughs> so thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, no
0: problem. No problem.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So basically, 2008, we rebrand, and okay. then here and you know I often use the phrase relationships determine results, and yeah, here man. I am golfing in Egg Harbor Township. And I'm um, golfing with Sonny McCullough, and, who at the time was the mayor of EHT. And he, he says to me, and, and Sonny's a family friend, and uh, my dad grew up with him, played a lot of squash together, et cetera. And, and um, he says to me, what are you doing with right now? What's going on? So I, I inform him what I'm doing. And you know we're having a blast over in Summer's Point, selling wine and beer and spirits, and now getting into teaching, et cetera. And he says, well, you know, uh, we have a license up for bid. I said, no way. So yeah. don't you know, so I finish the round of golf, of course, it's, it's on my mind, every shot, and I leave the golf course, I go directly to the Egg Harbor Township City Hall, and I get the bid packet. I bring wow. it back, I bring it back to the office, uh, Linda and I fill it out, and we submit a bid. Fast forward, we win. So yeah. now we have the opportunity to find a location. And where we settled was 3013 Ocean Heights Avenue, which is actually directly across the street from McCullough's Golf Course. Absolutely. And so we launched in, in uh, 2009, November, because it, we launched the day after my son's birthday. He was born okay. on, the, um, uh, on the 18th. And uh, on the 19th of 2009, we launched. And It was an incredible journey. It was an incredible ride um, filled with every emotion imaginable. And, you know, what I learned from that experience, uh, now (laughs) reflecting back, is that, um, you know, we did a a lot of things fell in in place. Uh, We got the license. We found the location. uh, You know we ended up buying the location. That was a lot to handle uh, at the time. Um, Buying a location, buying a liquor license, then buying the inventory. Then buying the infrastructure and then opening—that's a lot to do. And so, from For an sure. from an entrepreneurial perspective, you know, I've realized that you know buying property isn't always. I mean, listen—if you can do it, it's fabulous. But you can probably scale a lot easier and faster um, if you look to, to potentially rent um, yeah. and or engage in some sort of lease purchase. But you know, so so that purchase sort of set us back a bit. At the same time, you you know the time of year, or you know it was, which is two thousand eight, nine, ten. You know, financially speaking, you know, um, nationwide, we were suffering, and um, you know, wine and spirits and beer are no different. Although people do make the joke, "Good times, bad times," you are doing okay, <laughs> right, you know, right? We we do, but what happens is people trade down, and so what, for us, we were really ramping up a lot of inventory, and basically the uh, what I'll refer to as sort of the the reserve or premium wine category really just completely dropped out. And, right. um, and so we got stuck with a lot of inventory that just was not moving. And um, anyway, so all in all, it was a great decision. But what I will say is that I learned, you know, um, this next time for the third location, when we do open that, you know, I won't be so bent on owning property. Um, it will be uh, just the decision will be to make the best deal so we can, you um, you know, so we can advance confidently forward and and make good decisions.
0: Um, Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, obviously, you're talking my language in the real estate realm. And, you know, in in most cases, you know, tenants in your field do want to lease. It's it's great to control the real estate, but you know what goes with it from the Egg Harbor Township process. I mean, the, you know, the risk and the cost and, and there's just so much that you have to figure out going in there. And you're right. I mean, in some situations, it could be a very good play because then you you control the real estate. If, you, if you're in a good market and you have solid growth over time, you know, then you have value. You can unlock some capital within your business if you own the real estate. But, you know, it, it, it's a gamble. It definitely is a gamble. I mean, yeah. leasing is, is usually the way people in your business want to go. Um, and that way they can sort of have that peace of mind, especially if you have a good landlord, good relationship you know, and, and they're attentive and they take care of your needs. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Right. So, uh,
1: you know, so we live and learn and, uh, but we got through it. And, uh, but, uh, I tell you, so, so that decision coupled with just now the idea of not being able to be in two facilities at the same time. Right. So, yep. you know, you basically go from building one location up with like an A team and, uh, and you're there all the time to now, all of a sudden, you divide the A team, and you put you sprinkle some over here, and keep some here, and then you right. yourself are now going back and forth. You know what happens? You know the culture gets diluted, the systems get diluted, and then all of a sudden, you begin to sort of uh, question why things aren't the way they used to be, right? right. So, right. Um, so that definitely sent me on a a journey to, you know, how do you achieve sustainability? How do you achieve? The same experience. How do you deliver the same experience while physically not being there? And that, I tell you, is why I think business is a spiritual game in many respects. Because you know you've got to get you got to dig deep into the sort of the psyche of your team members and make sure that they are the person they think they are. They are the person that you hired, and that they can do what you're setting out to do. And um, and so that, I tell you, it's been an incredible uh, incredible journey, and, and one that I've really. Found a lot of joy in because that's ultimately that's like the, the part of the business I, I do love, you know, is really the cultural piece of how you build a brand and how you keep it together uh, while you continue to grow.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, to me, I think it's everything in terms of, of how you can help grow careers of others. You know, and, and if you're doing that, your business is going to be successful. If you think you can do it all by yourself, you probably got another thing coming unless you are a true, you know, kind of sole proprietor type business or person. I mean, you need to find that balance of, you know, letting people run on their own and and maybe making a few mistakes here and there. I mean, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, as long as the mistakes are not too, too big or impactful to the business. Um, And, and yet instilling uh, you know, the values and, and, and the strategy and and the different points of Im- implementation of the business, um, you know, it, it's a fine line to walk. Being somebody who's attentive and being a micromanager, you know, it, it's it, it it can be tricky. You know, I've definitely myself learned in the last couple of years how to let the reins go and you know not not worry about an outcome where somebody might make a mistake and and having that reflect poorly on me. I mean, look, if they make a mistake as the leader, I'm going to take accountability for it. For anybody above me, I'm not going to let that person, you know, fall. Uh, it's it's ultimately rolls up to me, so I'll own it. But then I'll have a conversation with the person on how to, you know, how to learn from it and how to do better next time. Like we were talking about earlier. Exactly. Um, I think that's key. And it's it's very hard to do. It's it's it is more of an art than a science. Mm. And it is getting down to the inner workings of the individual. And every single person's different, you know. I mean, that's why I've, I've never really enjoyed, like when I go back to playing sports, I never really enjoyed playing for somebody that treated everybody exactly the same way,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: because we're all driven by different motivations and values, yes. you know. Well and yes, you need rules for the team. You know, you, you have to be on time. You have to work hard. You have to hustle, all that stuff. But then past that, you got to understand the nuance of people, you know, and, and, and what really drives them. Um, And what they need to succeed. You know, and I I think there's a lot of people in business. There's a lot of people in sports that miss that. They just don't have that understanding of it. You know? Yes. Yep. Um, Yep. But clearly you do because it it shows with your team. I mean, every time I've been in either one of the stores or on the phone, you know, you've done some stuff for us at JLL, like we just did over the holidays where we sent a a champagne split to everybody in the Philadelphia region. Um, Anyone at JLL listening above me? um, Yes. I spent this money and if that was wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry because it was it was lovely. But, uh, you know, any point of contact we've ever had with Passion Binds has been a super positive experience. And it's clear that they've learned that from you. Like, like you have taught them that. I'm sure a lot of them it came naturally, but I'm sure some of them needed some work too.
1: Yeah, well, I thank you. And I don't, you know, I certainly can't take that credit. I mean, so what, here's what what I believe that we have been able to do is, you know, we've created a sense of mindfulness, right? And I think, you know, as I said, business is a spiritual game. I I feel like the first step to anything, right, is just being mindful of it um, and your surroundings and your space. And so for me, right, like you, I never wanted to to micromanage. That never felt right. Um, And probably because, right, I had a coach or a teacher that did that. And so in many respects, thank, you know, I want to thank them for being in my life because they showed me a better way. Right. Um, So that, that was a great example of something happening for me, not to me. And, um, and over time we were, you know, we've been able to create a culture where, um, individuals can sort of be themselves and express their own talents in a way that feels right. As long as it's attached to the outcome and the goals of the business. And so, And so we've been able to do that, I think, you know, successfully, not perfect, but successfully enough, uh, where I tell you, I have learned so much from the talent around me. You know, they always say, right, what's the old adage, you know, you never want to be the smartest person in the room, uh, you know, or or surround yourself with people smarter than you. And so I, you know, I have been blessed to to have that. And at times, you know, it it gets challenged and and perhaps isn't always where you want it to be. But I tell you, we have some team members that are far more gifted than me um, in many aspects of, quote, life and business. And I'm blessed for that. And so for me, I just want to, you know, the quicker you can identify what those areas are, A, for me to learn, but then B, for me to get out of the way so they can then make meaningful connections with the community because they've got a skill, right? And they've got a gift. And I think that is like that's the best thing we can do as leaders right
0: oh for sure without a doubt i mean if your people are successful that's that's like the best reflection on you possibly you know and and that's what's really kind of drives me these days uh more than it used to in the past cuz i'm you know I, i'm 38 years old i'm i'm kind of hitting the part of my career where you know i've been around a while now and i'm starting to you know be able to impart wisdom on some some younger people which it's like a it, it's like a weird feeling. I don't know <laughs> that I love it because I'm like, I'm seeing these, uh, you know, 24 year olds that report to me and I'm like, oh man, I feel like I was just that guy, right. you know? You have,
1: you have flashbacks. No, I'm college, not. You know?
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. But, but it, it, it feels good. It, it feels like so rewarding to sit with them and, you know, even when they make a dub mistake to just be able to talk to them and say, hey, you mm-hmm. know, here's what happened. I would suggest you go about it a different way next time and here's what you might do, you know, and, and they do appreciate that, you know, sometimes they'll, you can see it in their eyes. They're kind of like, they don't like that. You're talking to them that way. And, you know, they don't like being criticized like nobody does, you know, but, but you see the next time when they get it right. And, and they've actually, you know, some of them thanked me down the line for those tough conversations that you had to have previously, you know? And, uh, but on the other side, I mean, I constantly try to tell them how well they're doing if they're if they're doing the right things. You know, I think the positive feedback is is so important. If if you're all negative feedback all the time, eventually people are going to just tune you out and they're just not going to respect you. You oh, know, Yep. so true. You know, you so you have true. to be positive. You you got to tell people when they did a good job as as often as you more often than you do if if, if
1: they've made a mistake. You know, yep. Yeah, and I continually uh, remind myself of that. I mean, I, I don't do it enough, but even when you're just saying it right now, it's like, right, you can never hear that enough. Uh, yeah, you know, you it, can it means be, a lot.
0: I mean, to this hear. day, it means
1: a lot. Right. You know, if I
0: get some positive feedback from, from my manager or somebody else in the organization, it's like, you know, I, I get the same paycheck every two weeks, you know, and that's nice. I love it. It's fantastic. But when you get a compliment or you get a good job, like that mm. is more fuel to me yeah. than – than the check that shows up every other Friday. Right. You know? And
1: that's, and right. And that's the spiritual part that I reference, right? It's like, yep. that's the fulfillment that you just can't put a price tag on. And, um, and the ability to do that with your team, which then in turn does it to your clients and customers. I mean, that's, and then ultimately the community, right. Which is the third phase. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, you know, I often talk about the three C's. You have your coworkers, your customers, then the community. Once you get to that community, I mean, that's when that's when your business is at a level that that, quite frankly, is, is above most. I mean, it's uh, um, yeah, that's when it gets a lot of fun and, and you walk around, you know, whether it be the local bar uh, or grocery store. And then all of a sudden people begin to sort of identify you as sort of an impactful player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a wonderful feeling
1: for sure. Yeah. Um,
0: so speaking of, uh, you know, treating your staff well and, and sticking up for them. There, there was something I don't know if you remember this or not because uh, I'm sure the the COVID craziness for you was just like unbelievable. Um, but you started doing some live streams on Facebook when you were delivering uh, products in the I think it was was it the summertime? When did you start doing those? Um, I would
1: no, I would say that was probably early. I mean March, April, right. May. Yep.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So March, April, May. COVID hits hard. We're all yeah, I mean it was it's 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 bad now, but I feel like we're kind of coping with it better now than we did before. You know, absolutely, um, sure. absolutely. but you know, that happens and then it it must have changed your business pretty dramatically to the point where all of a sudden Michael Bray, owner proprietor, is out on the road driving the uh Passion Vines delivery truck and getting around to customers all over uh, all over town. Um so one of those one of those live streams, um I heard you mention that I think a customer left a, a review that was not so favorable. And one of the things you said was like, listen, I'm fine with criticism you do that all you want. That's great. But I guess in their, in their post or in their email, they they said something really negative about the staff and, and you kind of jumped on it. Do you remember that at all? I do. I
1: do. Have, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of the specific incident, but yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I really appreciated the fact that, you know, I mean, you did it in a very professional way, but and you come from a service industry hospitality where a lot of times you hear the the phrase "the customer is always right. But, you know, as important as customers are, and they're obviously they're critical. I mean, they're the whole thing. If you don't have customers, you don't have a business. But a lot of times in that type of industry or organization, the employee is not always valued maybe as much as they should be. And if you don't have good, really, you know, motivated, conscientious employees in a hospitality setting, you're not gonna have a lot of customers either. Right. So you really need to balance that. And and in that video, I remember you said something about like, you know, criticize the 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 product all you want, the business, criticize me. But you know, basically don't come after one of my employees, um and, and like criticize their intellect. Cause I think the person said that, you know, the person was an idiot or something like that. It was Yes,
1: yes. It's yeah,
0: Yeah, now. yes. And and yeah. and uh I appreciated that. I mean, you were really sticking up for your for your people there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Listen, you know, it goes back to uh, kaizen, right? Like, you know, you, you can't fix what you don't know, and so feedback yeah. is an absolute gift. Uh, if you if you work for someone or a company that is skilled in, in in providing feedback, effective feedback, that is, I mean, I mean, that is invaluable. And so, when a customer, and we've all been there, um, but when a customer complains. And provides nothing to learn from, mm-hmm. but but rather just takes a shortcut to say that your employee. And first of all, right? I mean, I don't even like. I mean, the word employee to me, I don't even like, right? So right, right. I mean, team member is what we use within our culture. Yeah. And so, you know, your employee uh, wasn't very smart, or you know, something to that extent. And you know what? You can say a lot of things. You can say that uh, the employee. Uh, didn't deliver on the promise. Okay, I'll listen and I want to ask what the promise is. But when you attack somebody's character uh, because you don't have the ability to articulate what it was that actually happened, and maybe in the end, that's because maybe your day was uh, a little bit offset because of something that happened to you, um, right. not, not so much the actual experience, but now you're taking it out. Um, you know, like it, if you don't have the time to really share what's on your mind or what you're upset about, then then really, yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of patience for it, and um, because, and I'll listen to most anything. I mean, I'll right. to the. I mean, I get feedback all the time. I get. Feedback. I'm sure you do. <laughs> and uh, and and ninety, I would say ninety eight percent of the time, I'm I'm extremely grateful for it. And then, but yes, you come across that customer who just wants to like, yeah, they just want a bitch, and um, you know, I think it was like Zig Ziglar who said, um, you know, the the motivational uh, speaker of maybe the eighties and nineties, you know, like he always re- referenced, like, you know, coming home and, and kicking the cat, you know, it's like, you know, right. what, did the, what did the cat do to you? You know, it's like, you know, but, but because this individual had a, had a bad day, um, they just decided to come, come home and, and quote unquote, kick the cat or kick passion vines. And it's like, okay, I get it. Um, uh, but, uh, I'm here to listen, but I'm not really going to listen to your, your, uh, you know, lackluster, uh, complaint.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, it was an interesting thing. It kind of caught my attention when I was watching it that day. And I I, I watched a few of them and, and, you know, they were so, it was so interesting to see basically a real time account of an entrepreneur going through COVID and and all of a sudden having your kind of your business turned upside down in a way. And how was it for you guys generally? Um, I know in, in New Jersey, I, I don't, did you guys ever have to close or was it
1: uh so so you know, no I mean we, we yeah. were literally watching you know watching the news listening to the media listening to the governor um uh, etc every single minute of every day not knowing when the doors would be shut and so you know immediately you know the first thing I did was emailed our entire team and just said listen you know uh number one we're going to be okay uh I don't know exactly what's going to happen but rest assured like you know we've got each other and and um In many respects, uh, that's all we need. Um, But number two, if you do not feel safe coming to work, please don't. Um, And so immediately, you know, we probably lost half of our team. Uh, And so that left us. So now our doors are remaining open. We have half the resources that we had in terms of uh, team members. and, And then there was a flurry of business within the first week because, of course, every day was liquor stores are about to shut down.
0: Right. You got to go make your run and and get it while you can. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, um, you know, so we, yeah, we lived through all that. And I tell you, it was it was insane. And, um, you know, uh, you know, people joke, oh, it must have been great. Like, listen, I mean, I I don't wish that on anyone. Uh, Yeah. I'm in business to make money. Yes. Uh, But uh, if I could ever hit a reset button and go back in time, I would in a second. Uh, But nonetheless, we were there not knowing if we'd be able to be open. Uh, tomorrow and so we just we did what we could and so part of that was me you know i have a rule that just says you know never ask anybody to do something that you have never done or wouldn't do and so i have never lived or worked through a pandemic before so i you know in many many days you know i'm, I'm many days i spend off-site and out of the store uh, working in a remote office and um, but in this situation i mean for me like I've I've never lived or worked through a pandemic before, so I need to do that. And so I went, uh, I left my office and went head in, head first into the business, and began basically calling every shot and um, and providing the support to all of our managers that that needed it. And um, right. all I can say is, in the end, yeah, I mean, so yes, yeah, so I was answering the phone. I had a headset on. I had, uh, you know, uh, yeah, every, I was answering phones, emails, then delivering, um, you name it, and. Um, you know, doing what we do and um while we could do it. And um, you know, and for and that
0: and was the delivery a new component for you guys or had you done no, deliveries in the past? We,
1: you know, we've been delivering um off of passionbinds.com for I would say years. Um okay. however, what happened was, you know, because people you know, because fear was running rampant and this idea right. of, you know, this could be the last day, um, and people fearful of leaving their homes, they you know, for those that Excuse me. We're on the fence of using technology to place their their liquor order. You know, they immediately were just on the other side. You know, in no time flat, and so all of a sudden, you know, the online business certainly picked up. And uh, as people were just again afraid to, to leave their home, and so in many respects, that will be here to stay because they now realize that you know what, even though the pandemic is well, yes, it's still here. Uh, and I'm more definitely more comfortable leaving. It's now more efficient, right? And so, you know, whatever I was afraid of before about ordering online, I'm, I'm certainly not anymore. And and so, let me uh, take advantage of the service and the convenience and and have it delivered directly to my door at a time that I want.
0: Yeah, there are so many things that have happened in this pandemic that are probably here to stay and will mm. become the norm. You know, and th- and that's one of them. I remember I was on a I was on a panel, um, I, and I think it was actually through the Business Journal. Um, and, and I think the CEO of Pilot Freight was one of the people on there and he was talking about, um, you know, he asked the the audience a question, what percentage, um, you think e-commerce makes up of, of total retail? And I think somebody answered like 40%, you know, everybody in your mind, it's like, oh, there's so much e-commerce, you know, everybody shops online and this is, you know, pre pandemic. That number was only 8%. Wow. And I don't know what that number is today, but it has to have at least tripled, I would say, during COVID. And, yeah. and I don't think, you know, obviously some brick and mortar is going to come back. And there are certain areas of that where I think it are going to be really strong because there's so much pent up demand. And, you know, you have these deals you can strike now out in the retail world with landlords. And I have a buddy in, in D.C. I don't know if you listened to my my final episode of last season, uh, Scott Parker who's out there doing retail deals now in his various businesses. And, you know, it, it, the out-of-pocket cost to him has been cut in half wow. based on what landlords will, will offer now. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. there, there's there's that piece of it that's definitely kind to come back because of just the, the human spirit <laughs> and, and people's desires to get back out there. But there's a lot of pieces of the economy that are going to stay virtual uh, and or e-commerce, deliveries, things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because people – I think part of it was that people – that didn't do it, they weren't against it. They just hadn't made the effort to go learn what it's all about and what they have to do. Yes. And then out of necessity, obviously, you know, this happens. So, um, okay. that, that's, that's really interesting. I'm sure it'll be interesting for you guys going forward in how you manage it in, in normal times versus uh, chaotic uh, pandemic times.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, and actually it pushed us. I mean, we, we had an infrastructure set up, so we were blessed. Um, and now, uh, we'll be looking to launch, um, some new technology in March this year. So by the time Memorial Day comes around, you know, we have uh, new and improved way more efficient, faster checkout, both, uh, via passionbinds.com as well as the app. So.
0: Oh, great. great. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Did you mention a third store? Did I hear that properly? Uh, yeah, so yeah, we,
1: we do have a, uh, we do have a, a license in our pocket. And, um, Great. we are, uh, you know, we're looking, um, at the same time, um, I will say that we're also looking to, um, make some, uh, improvements to summer's point. So gotcha. you know, we, we put in a decent amount of money in Egg Harbor township this year. Uh, we put in 11 new beer doors, brand new point of sale counter, as well as some cosmetic this year, we're going to turn our attention to summer's point and really, um, you know, just, uh, dress it up a bit and, um, do some things that we've been sort of, uh, putting off. Um, and then at the same time, yeah, we're always looking for that right location, taking what we learned from EHT, um, and the launch of that and, and trying to decide what is the right move for us, um, as we open up this third location. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. So we're excited.
0: Well, i tell you what, Main Street, Medford, New Jersey is waiting for you whenever ah, you're ready. I would and, love uh, that uh, I know very happy to, uh find you a great manager up here and uh maybe invest in the deal mm. get some uh organize the uh, financials for you and, and yep. we'll get it started man you I know? love it I love it it's well, uh, it. I I I'd tell you what in all honesty though it could uh it could absolutely use a uh a wine specific concept uh especially cuz we have a, a a wonderful BYOB um called ITA 101 in Medford um It's a great, great restaurant. Just the most amazing Italian food I think I've had. And, uh, a lot of spaces along that street that are, that are primed for the passion vines. So I'm ready when you are.
1: (laughs) Brother. Yeah. Let me know. You know, as, as always, the liquor license is always the issue. Oh yeah. yeah, Once we, once we get that, um, um, you've got my attention.
0: Rock and roll. We'll make it happen. Um, well, listen, we're, we're coming up on an hour here, so I don't want to take any more of your time. I, I, I'm super appreciative that you, uh, that you jumped on today, um, you know, Passion Vines, for those of you out there, you know, a lot of people in the greater Philadelphia area listen to this podcast. If you are, you know, you vacation down the shore, um, you know, you have a lot of options where you can buy your your wine and your spirits and your beer, but uh, Passion Vines in Summers Point, New Jersey, on New Road in the Acme uh, Strip Center there, and then Egg Harbor Township, Ocean Heights Avenue, like Michael said, across from the McCullough's uh, golf course, which, by the way, I love that course. Yep. I, uh, course. I really like that. It's a fun course. But um, two locations there. I guess a third coming sometime soon that we'll, I'm sure, learn about. And uh, you can't go wrong. They have a great team. They're going to know exactly what you want, especially in the wine realm. We didn't even get into that. I was going to start talking about all my different wines I love, but uh, we, can, we can do that next time.
1: Let's but do that uh, <laughs> over a glass of wine. How's that?
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's better done in person for sure. <laughs> but um, Michael, I, I'd so greatly appreciate you uh, jumping on today.
1: Uh, Tony, my pleasure. And lastly, congrats to you on the podcast. Uh, I have been following along and, um, you know, back to your comment about taking the plunge. I mean, uh, yeah, all I can say is it's it's been awesome to uh, listen to uh, – your guest. And I can't wait to watch what happens next.
0: Awesome. Really appreciate it, man. All right. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Later.